You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, podcast listeners. Adam Tarno here. Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Pumped about today's episode. We've got one of the board members of Better Man, JP. Jonathan Pacluda is with us. Many of you guys know JP. He is also the senior pastor down at Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. He's the author of three books. You guys have heard of these, Welcome to Adulting, Welcoming the Church, and then he's got a new one coming out here in March called Outdated. So check those out if you haven't done that. But JP and I have a conversation about one of the uh, the dark sides of the pandemic, and that is some of the results of isolation that has happened to so many men, and uh, maybe some new habits, some new addictions that have popped up. And we specifically talk about the addiction of pornography. JP's got a, an amazing story with this and the freedom that he has experienced in his own life. I know it's going to be encouraging to a lot of men that maybe for the first time are finding themselves uh, struggling with this addiction, and it all started during the pandemic. Or maybe there's some relapse for some of our listeners. And so we're going to talk about that. And I know that uh, you are going to be encouraged and inspired with hope um, because uh, JP's got some great words for us. So listen to this, and then I'll come back with some closing comments. JP, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you here today. Man, it's so good to be back in here with you. I, I missed you, man. So. I know. What the listeners do not know is that you and I worked closely together for like five years. Dude, I love it. Thanks thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's fun. It's I'm such excited a, to have such you Such a privilege. Okay, so you've been down in Waco two years. Um, yeah. There's probably half of our audience, when they think of Waco, they think of uh, all the stuff that happened back in the day with David yeah. Koresh. Yeah. Okay. I just visited the Branch Davidian for the first time. Did you really? What, yeah. what, like, Could you buy a t-shirt or in, something? Incredibly underwhelming. <laughs> it's it's a it's a church. It's a Seventh-day Adventist church. That's it. That on that site? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a whole nother question. I want to get them on here and ask that's a, them. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. That's really amazing. Okay. So there's half that think that, and then the other half only just think uh, Magnolia and, and Fixer Upper, right? Yeah, that's right. Chip so, and Joe. So where were you when you went down to Waco? What, what was in your memory? Was it the David Koresh or was it the uh, Chip and Joe? I, I've learned that David Koresh is a distant memory for most and, and Chip and Joe have uh, overshadowed him. And so I went down there, man, just thinking, how do we build the kingdom? You know, feeling a sense that God had work for us to do there. And so we're, we're doing his work. And That's it's, awesome. It's been good. Every time I go down there, I can't believe how much it's being built up and the new coffee shops and restaurants and shopping. And all. it really is becoming quite a, quite an amazing town. And I'm sure there's some people that are like, what? Really? Just go check it out. Go check it out down in Waco. So, all right. We didn't call. I mean, we're not sponsored today by the Waco Tourism Commission. So we're not going to just talk about them. But that's... Uh, Waco Tours. WacoTours.com. That's it. So uh, anyway. But all right. So let's do this. Let's talk about um, some results of the pandemic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we, you know, you and I are recording this now. It is the early part of 2021. Things have been going on for about a year. And so the pandemic has put a lot of people at home and a lot of this time at home was good, right? Uh, I don't know about you. Did I, I did some ridiculous projects during the quarantine and during this year. I built a tree house. Uh, built a home for a turtle that we found. And a tree house for a turtle. That's right. <laughs> I built a, all of those. Did you have any crazy home projects that you did? Uh, no, but I think it was good. Just to, it, it, was, it, it was hard. Uh, I'm, I'm an extrovert, Enneagram 7, love to go and do. But I think it was good for my soul to be forced, to have forced downtime yeah. and, and good for my marriage to just focus on her. And so that's that was rich. Yeah. But I, I do think... 
that with the pandemic, the the temptations spike. Like there's kind of that doors open, and we we look to cope with with different challenges that we face, and so. That's been interesting too. Yeah, yeah, and so that that is that's the shadow side of all of this. I think uh, the people that I talk to, especially as the year was coming to the end, of just saying, "All right, what did 2020 take from you? What was an unexpected surprise?" And I think a lot of people had the unexpected surprise of just how great it was to have some Sabbath, to have some rest. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can resonate with that. But this dark side also happened, and that was isolation. Right, there was a lot of isolation, and so. Are you, you know, as a pastor now, are you starting to see some of the effects of this isolation in your congregation or just people that you're interacting with? Yeah, we did a series, Hindsight 2020 was the name of the series, and my favorite week was really focused on temptation and the temptations that the pandemic brought, and and we could make a list, but materialism, isolation, despair, hopelessness, uh, uh, disunity, uh, anger... Um, fear is a big one, anxiety from fear, uh, the uh, prejudice, and not just what we're seeing in the world in, in the form of, of uh, racial prejudice, but even to the point of like mask, no mask, uh, you know, the way that you respond, you're, you're rooted in fear versus, you know, you have, you're, you're acting like a fool and just all of these opinions, really strong opinions that people have. And then I think just it, all of the vices that people pursue when they isolate. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's just, uh, you're right. That, that's a great long list right there of all the things that were accentuated. And that's that's just the shadow side of all of this. And so here's what I would imagine right now, that we're, here we are sitting almost a year after the pandemic started, and uh, there's probably some new issues that people are dealing with, or some old issues that have uh, have come back again. And so we want to talk about one of those uh, today, and and because I think one that's out there is is got to be pornography. That with all that isolation, and you know, it was great that we had the internet during the pandemic because we can watch Disney Plus, and we could our kids could could uh, still be in school virtually and all that. But but that also brought some temptation as well. Yeah, anything that comes through a data pipe into our homes uh, was magnified in the midst of the coronavirus and the global pandemic, and. As you think through that internet pipe, half of what goes down that highway, that information highway, is pornography. And so there's headline, I just saw on my phone recently, headline after headline after headline, porn is on the rise. The pandemic has has pushed porn through the roof. Porn is up because of coronavirus. I mean, these these are the headlines. And so with behind those headlines are individual people, right? And and so I imagine a lot of our listeners, in fact, I, I, I know from statistics, 70% of our listeners right now are addicted to pornography or have recently viewed pornography. And that's, that's consistent in the church, outside the church, uh, anywhere you go. 70% of, of men are looking at porn. Yeah. And I mean, this is, uh, for those that are just getting to know you for the first time, maybe don't know, this is a part of your story, and you've been very public with that uh, over the years, and God has really used that story. So why don't, why don't you just talk a little bit about that and some of your struggles over the years with this? So I became a Christian later in life, so at, at 21 years of age, that is really when the Holy Spirit came to work in my life. Now, I was a churchgoer my entire life, grew up in the church, great parents, took me to church, went to college, College was rebellion, uh, had had a healthy addiction to sex, and by healthy I mean unhealthy, <laughs> a, a significant addiction yeah. to sex, and um, and and have experimented with drugs, alcoholism, loved the party, and and porn, and I say those other vices to say this that nothing has gripped my soul 
like pornography. I mean, I was able to walk away from Coke, walk away from ecstasy, walk away from smoking weed, walk away from, from drinking regularly, walk away from, you know, sex with, with women, casual sex with women. But pornography was that thing that just gripped my soul. And it was so significant that I got to this place where I would take off of work. Like I would call in sick so that I could stay home and binge look at pornography. And and pornography and masturbation go hand in hand. When anyone talks about pornography, they're really talking about porn and masturbation, uh, th- that act. And, and so th- that sin ruled my life. And I really thought, Adam, that it would for as long as I'm alive, I can just remember thinking, I guess this is is the thing that I'll always struggle with. And as a single person, I thought, well, I'll always struggle with until I get married. And then as a married person, you know, marriage just kind of takes your struggles and, and puts a giant magnifying glass on them. And in fact, all I know, the only married problems I know are, are single people problems that they drug into marriage. And that was certainly my situation. And so, yes, this was a significant vice that ruled my life for a long season. Now, you called it a sin just a few minutes ago or a few moments ago as you were talking about it. Uh, as you were in the midst of this struggle, did you use that language? Did you think of this as a sin or did you think of it uh, maybe as a habit? So initially I wasn't a Christian and and it was just, um, I didn't even think of it as a habit. I didn't even think about it as something, I, I just thought about it like brushing my teeth. Right. It's like, man, I'm the guy that loves to go to strip clubs and has lots of porn on his computer and, and, uh, and, and, and dates like the world dates like that's just what guys do i mean that that was the way that i thought about it right and then when i became a christian and the holy spirit came into my life i i began to experience conviction um i when I, when i would look at something i wasn't supposed to i would i had the awareness that i wasn't supposed to then i would feel bad and i'd get stuck in that in that shame cycle and i didn't know how to get out honestly i didn't know how to break free from that but i would just say to bring clarity to this for our listeners Pornography is is sin without exception, and to define pornography, uh, pornography is is it comes from the, the Greek word uh, pornia and grapho, which is is sexual immorality and to 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 document. So basically, to somehow document sexual immorality, and so pornography is is looking at something for the purpose of lustful pleasure. Right, and so that can be literature, that can be reading something, that can be Instagram hashtag bikini, that can be a website, that can be a magazine, that can be Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, any of those kinds of things. That is pornography, and every single time, it there's no exception to it not being sin. Even if your wife is okay with it, it's still a sin. And I use that as an example because. In, in my own depravity, when I had become a Christian, but I would, you know, my, my language had changed. Like I stopped cursing. There were these, you know, the, the, the getting drunk. I stopped getting drunk. Like these things just fell off me. And, but now I'm a Christian and I'm still addicted to porn. You know, that, that, that one didn't go away. And in my immaturity as, as being a baby Christian, a new believer, I can remember asking a pastor, hey, is it okay? Like if, if my wife's okay with it, like if I can convince her to be okay with this, is it okay if we look at it together? And that's just the, the, the desperate desire to justify my sin, you know, to, to feed my addiction. I mean, that is an, an addiction in its essence, right? Yeah, and that's a true story. I Absolutely. mean, I've talked to the pastor that you asked that question to, and it's been like, hey, yeah. Uh, JP asked this question, and listen, and, and what was amazing, the way they tell the story, the sincerity you had in that question. Absolutely. Which was, it was a genuine, like, I'm following Jesus, I'm married, 
you were starting to get this conviction, I want this out of my life, or I, I want God, I want to be okay with this. I hope he says yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he says it's okay. That's amazing. And so here, here's why I want to talk about this today, because I, I would imagine that, again, there's somebody who's listening to this right now, and um, in February of 2020, this aspect of their life was, uh, they were doing okay. You know, of course, there's uh, there's explicit and and non-explicit pornography, meaning like the the billboards and stuff that you're not going out and just looking for it because sometimes pornography is just Find thrown you. at us, yeah. right? And so, yes, they were exposed to pornography that was just thrown at them in normal life, but they weren't going and seeking it out. There was not a a uh, habitual masturbation or using this as a as a way to deal with the you know anything going on in their life that was uh, that they didn't like. But now, a year later. They're sitting here, and they're either facing this addiction for the first time, and they're confused, and they're ashamed, and they're and they're lost, and they don't know what to do, or this is something that maybe uh, this they struggled with ten years ago, and maybe they've had five to ten years of sobriety or something like that, and they're struggling with it again. And so I, I would love to go back to that those beginning stages for you, and, and retell that story on what were some things that you did to help you. Uh, how did you see God? remove and start to work on your heart and change your heart towards this uh, this addiction. So uh, you've got an acronym. I, do you want to share that now? And we can use that to walk through it. And you've got this acronym CPRP. So let's let's talk through that. So just imagine that, you know, Romans 6 talks about being dead in our sin. And so for the porn addict, I think about them flatlining on the table. They're, 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 they, they don't, they feel helpless. They can't do anything. They need some help beyond themselves, right? And so the the way I, I would say it is they need CPR. They need someone to resuscitate them. And so just hold on to that, those letters CPR. And um, and so that that really is my journey toward healing is, is being in this place where first I have to acknowledge, man, I need help. Like there's, there's something, I'm not going to take this to my grave. I... I I have to get this in the open. I need someone to help me. And so the first thing for the porn addict that they, they have to do is confess. They need to tell somebody. And and sometimes that doesn't go well. Like sometimes somebody will, will get all the courage to say, all right, I'm going to tell somebody. And they do. And that person says, great, thanks. And they go on about their life. And, and you're like, I did it and it didn't work. You, you need to tell people until someone helps you, you know, that, that kind of thing. But this comes from James chapter 5, verse 16. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed. And so there's like, if we want to experience healing, that healing starts through confession. And it doesn't say confess your sins uh, to a priest through the sacrament of reconciliation. No, it says confess your sins to each other. And so there needs to be a small group of guys around your life who love Jesus that you tell this to who are willing to help you and offer accountability. In Galatians 6 talks about there's a burden that everyone has to carry, and then there's a there's burdens that everyone has to share. This is a burden you have to share. You can't carry it on your own. And so you need some men in your life that are helping you find healing through this struggle, and so so confess it. Yeah, so how did that hap- happen for you? What did that look like? Yeah, so I started growing and being discipled in a church, Watermark, our church, that we were both on staff at, and um, this 
I, I got plugged into a small group. We called them community groups. And so I got in this group with these guys, and they were strangers. I didn't know them. They weren't, it's not like we had been friends forever. It's not like we had a lot in common. They were just my guys. They were the, they were the Lord's provision for me. And so I started every single time confessing this. Like if I looked at something, I confessed it. And it wasn't like, hey, guys, we get real clumsy when it comes to sexual sin. Have you ever noticed that? We're like, oh, yeah, hey, I tripped up again. Oh, I, I stumbled. Hey, I fell. I fell this week. <laughs> we're clumsy. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's like, it's like, no. Guys, I looked at porn. I went to www. I, I I searched this up, this specific word. I went there. I and I I looked at this. I I looked at three images for about this long. I masturbated. Uh, this is what I did. I mean, I just you just pull it out slowly. Everything on the table. You get all of the gory details there, and it's humiliating. That yeah, that was the word. Like even. I'm hearing you say those words, and I, I get an emotional reaction to that. I'm just going, those details are very different. It's so much easier to say you tripped yeah. than it is to say, I searched this word, I masturbated, I thought about this, then this happened. Humiliating is the right word. And and it becomes the greatest tool that the Holy Spirit uses to healing because the guys begin to think how you, you, know, how you think and how the enemy is ruling your life in this area because say we have we have an accuser we have a tempter we have a liar um there's some demonic force that that has been assigned to us in ways i don't fully understand and he's he knows this is a a a chink in our armor right a weakness and and he's just eating our lunch the first peter 5 talks about he he roams the earth like a like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and we've been feeding him and so this is where he comes to to feast is this area of lust that's temptation of porn and sexual sin and so you confess it. That's the first thing you do. You confess it. And then the second thing, James 5.16 says, so that they can pray for you for the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And the prayers of righteous men are powerful and effective. And so that second thing I did is I began to pray and ask others to pray for me. And my prayers, Adam, were so raw and so honest because it's not like there's anything in my mind that God can't see or doesn't know. And so I stopped playing games of like, you know, our Father who art in heaven, you know, glory be to the Father. I, I, I was like, God, I'm a pervert and I don't want to be a pervert. And when I when I ride an elevator with that woman, I am thinking perverted thoughts. I'm 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 thinking about her underwear. I'm I'm I I don't want. I feel sick. You know, I I need to get well. I need I need help. Can you help me? And and I started having these honest conversations with God every morning and throughout the day, and then asking others, Hey, will you you know just when in a moment of of temptation, I would ask them to pray for me. And that's how you know you, you're going to get well. When you start to confess prior to the sin, like, hey guys, I, I haven't looked at something, but I want to. And you back that confession up before you do it, when you want to, and you ask them for prayer and the Holy Spirit strengthens you. And in Matthew 4, it says, and the angels came and tended to him. And so like God can send, I don't understand it all, but he can send the angelic realm to care for us through those prayers. And so, you know, you confess, and you pray and you ask others to pray and uh, and and that's that was a major significant step and and then the the third thing you do is you remove access and this is honestly the one is I, I've counseled hundreds literally hundreds of men 
stuck in the sin, this is the one where I know if they're going to get well or not, is if, if when I say remove access, they're ready. You know, I'll have conversations with guys where they're like, you know, they come up after a sermon and, you know, the, people may email me after this. And they'll be like, man, I, my struggle's just like yours. And, and let me just insert this here. When I say confess, if I'm or Adam, you know, or, or the first people you think, well, okay, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> like, no, no, you've misunderstood me. You need to have guys in your life that you confess to, like guys that you see on a weekly basis. And so it's it's not some person that you listen to through a podcast. It's someone who's in your life who, who you know. And if you don't have that person, make that change immediately. Like, get, begin to get those people. But, uh, yeah, we, I can't remember what I was saying. No, you were talking, and I know exactly where you're going, and I love this story. So, you know, you'd be at the porch or something years ago, you'd be talking about pornography, and a young man would come forward and say, yeah, and I'm you, struggling. Yeah, you'd say, hey, um, my story's similar to yours, and, you know, he couldn't say the word. I'd be like, oh, you're struggling with porn. He's like, yeah, man, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with porn. And I was like, okay, let me ask you a question. How do you, how do you access porn? He's like, man, my, my phone, my iPhone. I'm like, okay, I gotcha. Where's your iPhone? And he's like, man, it's in my pocket. And I, and I just, I would always have this conversation, it's the same conversation, I've had it over and over, I'm like, hey, you haven't, you're not, str- I thought you said you were struggling. It's like, I am struggling. I'm like, no, you're not. You're carrying it around with you in your pocket. That's so good. You haven't even begun to fight. Like, you, you're carrying the, the gateway to all kinds of pornography with you in your pocket in church, right? You, you're not struggling. He's like, what do you want me to do, man? Get rid of my phone? In one word, yes. Sure. Absolutely. Are you not willing to get rid of your phone? Well, dude, how do you live without a phone? I don't know. They did for for centuries, you know, <laughs> for for millennium. They they they've lived without phones, and 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 maybe you can get a brick phone or or Motorola Razor. You know, nobody's looking at porn on a Razor. It's all grainy, right? I mean, <laughs> and, and so it's just like there are steps you you got to take, and maybe that's internet software. Maybe you know, one guy I, I said this. And he wrote me this scathing email because I said, you, you know, you got to get rid of your laptop. He said, man, you, you're asking me to quit my job. Are you kidding me? Like, that's my livelihood. Or you're, you're irresponsible as a pastor. I can't believe you would say this. And then two months later, he called me and he was, he was crying on the other end of the phone call. And I don't mean to make light of his story, but I hope we can learn from it. And he just said, you were right. You were right. And I said, what, what, what about? And he said, I needed, I needed to quit my job. I needed to do anything. It, took, it just, this thing is devouring my life. And, and so... People will say, man, that's legalistic. And I just turn to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, where he says, he's talking about lust. He says, anyone who looks lustfully at a woman has committed adultery with her. He says, it's that level of a sin. It's, it's adultery, according to Jesus. And he says, if, you're, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is, it is better to enter the kingdom without an eye than to have your body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, people often ask me, is masturbation a sin? And, and I believe that it is. It's an act of selfishness. Uh, and it's interesting that Jesus in Matthew 5 says hand, talking about lust. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven without a hand than for your whole body to be thrown away, dragged away to hell. And, and I do think Jesus is speaking in hyperbole. I don't think he's literally asking us to gouge out our eye and our hand. I do believe that he is literally asking us to do whatever it takes. And the good news for our listeners 
is there are lots of steps you can take prior to gouging out your eye. That's you know? right, yeah. But you need to be willing to take those steps, get the software, maybe live life without a phone, maybe have a brick phone, maybe leave your, your laptop in a safe or whatever it takes. Yeah, so the to-do for this podcast is not go to Home Depot, That's right? right? And yeah. just get some tools yeah. and and, uh, and start going to work. Now, when you tell that story, JP, it reminds me of my time, and this is going to be like a completely different context, but the same principle here. So uh, part of my time I got to spend in stewardship ministry, talking to people about their relationship with money and possessions. Yeah. When somebody was really starting to feel the conviction about the way they were stewarding their money, they would jump to uh, conclusions or these extremes of just going, oh, so what, you want me to sell everything and just go live on the streets? Yeah. Is that what Jesus wants me to do? And it was always a clue to me yeah. that we're getting close to the heart. It was like the heart's last barrier to finally just releasing surrender to the Lord and going, all right, Lord, my plan is not going to lead to uh, what I want. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to give it over to you, which is what I'm hearing you say with some of these That's these right. men that you talk to with porn. Like, so what? You want me to just uh, quit my job? So people jump to that. They 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 want to invalidate your instructions so that they don't have to act in obedience. Very good. And and I would say act in obedience and <laughs> like come to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever it takes. That posturing, that humble and contrite heart, God will work with that. And there is healing. And, and I, I remember early on in ministry, or I'm sorry, early on in church, you know, a guy showing up to small group and just celebrating that he had been, he hadn't masturbated in three years. And, and I, where I was in the, in my walk, I was like, "Wait, what? And you're still here? <laughs> you know? yeah. I didn't even know that was possible. You didn't die, you know." Yeah. And uh, and it, and it, but it gave me hope. I'm like, "Oh, that's possible, right?" That strengthened my conviction and just said, "Wow, I can do this." And it leads me to my last. I want to wrap up these these three letters: confess, pray, remove access, CPR, with 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 this overarching, all encompassing pursue Christ. Like, I've heard it said well, I know no greater way to overcome sin than to find a superior satisfaction in Jesus. And I lived this, Adam, like I remember being discipled. So you have to replace this unhealthy habit with healthy habits. And I was being discipled. A guy was pouring into me. He was teaching me the Bible. I I felt an intimacy with Jesus for the first time that I didn't even know was um, uh, possible. And I'm driving home from, from work. And every day I would look at this billboard of this woman in a bikini that was advertising an adult bookstore. And I would just look at it. It was almost like the dessert on my way home. And on this one particular day, I knew that billboard was was fast approaching me on the freeway and I wouldn't look up there because I just thought it's not worth it. Like I don't want anything to compromise the closeness that I'm experiencing with Jesus, which for a long time felt so ethereal, so, you know, uh, imaginary, like fictitious, but it, but I was experiencing that intimacy and I didn't want anything to compromise that. And so it, it, I lived it. And so you have to, as you confess your sin, as you begin to pray, uh, like your life depended on it and ask others to pray, as you remove access, as you begin to build walls to make it difficult to look for, for porn or to look at porn, you, you have to then say, all right, I want to get discipled. I want to learn my Bible. I, I want to begin to serve at my church. I want to pursue Jesus. And, and as you begin to pursue Christ, right, if you're running toward Christ, then you're running from sexual immorality, as 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 calls us to. And so we, we flee that as, as we run toward Jesus. I love that. And so, JP, when I've heard you tell this story over the years, you, you have this line, and I want to paraphrase it back to you and tell me if you still would say this. 
uh, that in all your years of ministry and talking to people about pornography, you still have not met anybody who had an addiction as bad as yours. Would you still, is that still accurate? I, I would say that. I, I mean, I, I've talked with hundreds of people who have been addicted to pornography and, and struggling and wanting freedom. And, and I say this to give people hope. That's right. Just in case you're listening and thinking, well, yeah, but you you're, you weren't as far gone as I am. I'm telling you, I took off work to binge on porn. Like I, I, was, I was pretty, I had given myself over to that sin. And I have, and people say, how do you talk about it so freely? Like, how do you use words like masturbation in front of, you know, our, our podcast audience or in front of thousands of people? And I would just say, because I found freedom. And it's and when I say freedom, it doesn't mean that I am not tempted to look lustfully at a woman. Uh, that's still there. I would love to look at porn right now. That desire is there. There's still something enticing to me uh, about it. But I but the Holy Spirit through community, through prayer, through confession, through removing access, and and through pursuing Christ has given me a a long. Um, a, a long time span of, of freedom from this. And, and so I'm walking in that freedom and it is available to you. And yes, I've, I've met with lots of people. I've never met with the person who was as enslaved to pornography as I am. And it's not a competition. And, and if, if you're like, no, I, ha- I am. And let me write you and tell you, it, it's okay. There's hope for you too. Like, like God brings the dead to life. That's what He does, and, and that's what I love about when you say that. When I've heard you teach on this, is because I'm I'm sitting there just going, that is that just brings so much hope. It brings credibility, obviously, which is helpful to hear. Everything that you just said is not like, uh, oh, I just sat down um, with a lexicon and a Bible dictionary, and now here's the ways to handle this. Right? right, uh, right. You're 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 obviously, you know, what people you. Uh, you quoted a bunch of scripture, and then there's a lot of people that were listening that heard the other scripture that you didn't quote as you were going through there. So what you just said is a deeply biblical message, but it is it is here's how I applied this to my life. Here's what God did for me, and and I and, and again I'm thinking of that guy right now that here he is in 2021, and it looks very different than 2020. It's either relapse or it's a new addiction, and he is hopeless right now. And I hope he's inspired by your message with all that. And so the to do. For a guy like that, you know, that is uh, either brand new or he's relapsed after a season, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what would you say to him right now? Yeah, so right. So, so first, I, I want you to, you know, I want to make sure you walk away thinking, I need to have some men in my life, right? That, that needs to be there. You can go to your church and, and ask for that. You can, it, just some simple steps in case you don't have that. And you're like, I don't know how to get that. Think of you know, the three, the two or three most mature Christian men that you know, and ask them if they can meet you at a coffee shop at, at, at a day and a time, and then ask them when they show up, say, hey, can we start doing this on a weekly basis? And and then as, as you're there, say, and, and one of the reasons I want to do this, and confess it. And if you already have those guys, great. You're, you're one step ahead of the game. You, you need to email them, put them on a group text right now and say, guys, there's something that I've got to tell you that I'm scared to tell you. Do not let me not tell you this um, because I have something I need to confess. And if you're like, but that's not what we do in our group, great. You're going to lead the way and pioneer freedom for those others because as you confess it, somebody else is going to be emboldened to say, man, me too. 
I've been struggling too. I want to I want to find freedom too. And then before you leave, you ask them, say, hey guys, would you, you, you may be leading up, like you may be teaching them how to help you because you, you and God and his sovereignty had you listen to this podcast. And if this is helpful to you, would you do this? Would, would you take this podcast and send it to them? Say, hey guys, I want you all to listen to this so that we're all getting the same information. You know, share it on your social media if it's helpful to you, if this has been something that you found freedom in. And then before you leave that group, say, hey, would you pray for me? Would you, would you guys pray for me? And then, and then tell them, commit to them, say, and here's how I'm going to remove access. And, and I'd like, and, and you know, say that out loud and say, I'd like a part of this time to be us growing in our affections for Jesus. What does it look like for us to be discipled here? And, and you're going to get up from that meeting and have a really healthy game plan of fight, finding freedom from an addiction. But the enemy's going to come alongside you. He's, he's the liar. And he's going to say, man, you can't say that. If you say that, they're going to think this of you and this of you. And when you begin to hear that, you just need to know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. That's, that's when the that's tempter's so going to meet you in the desert. You're, you're walking in the right direction when you start hearing those lies. I love that. It's so practical. I mean, that's exactly get the meeting on the schedule at this time, at this location, or if, you know, if people are still not getting together, do Zoom this time, this location, send out the invite, ask those questions. And then just work the steps of CPR and, and get through this, confess, pray, remove that access, pursue Christ. That's an awesome game plan. I love it's it, man. really helpful. Thanks, so. Thank you for letting me share it. And like you said, I, I've lived it and freedom is available to you. That's what I want to leave you guys with is just know that healing is possible. And I imagine some some of our listeners are in a marriage and they're thinking, I, I can never tell my wife, you know, my, my marriage is going to be doomed. Your marriage is going to be the best it's ever been because, because this, this is costing you something in your marriage, whether you realize it or not. And I can't promise you that your wife is going to respond, you know, a, extremely positively. She may be hurt, but, but what comes after hurt is healing. And you guys are, are as you pursue that path of healing, um, I, I believe that you will get well and um, as you walk these steps. And, and I hope, my, my prayer for you is that your marriage will be stronger than it's ever been. I love it. JP, thanks so much for being Man, here thanks today. Thanks for having me, bud. JP, thank you so much for swinging by the studio today and hanging out with us. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, praise God for your story uh, and how God continues to use your story. So I appreciate your vulnerability and coming by here and just stewarding that story well. I know it's going to provide so much hope to so many of our listeners. And so once again, just thank you. If you guys would like to learn more about JP, you can head over to harriscreek.org. And if you'd like to learn more about how you can bring the Better Man 11-week experience to your church or your community, please visit betterman.com. Today's episode was mixed and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. So once again, thank you for listening. That's all for today. Have a great day.